You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're trying something different. And full warning, this is a not safe for work uh, episode. There is alcohol involved, so cheers to everybody uh, that's with me today. Um, we're going to just have kind of a riff, and we brought in three of our other associates and experts. We have Natalie Pitchford, Lisa Schnarr, Carlos Noche, and today we're just going to have some drinks, and we're going to talk about how important it is to have a credibility introduction, build credibility right out of the gate, and all of the things that go into that, and then the interconnectivity of it. So to start, I'm going to kick it to Lisa since it was her idea and her topic. So tell us what you think about this. Yeah. So thanks, Chad. I think when we talk about credibility, we don't connect it down into all of the things that actually make up the equation of credibility. So when we're talking about things like personalization and research and account planning, all of those things are elements of our credibility introduction. And why is that important? It's important because people today, buyers today, expect us to have a certain level of understanding of them and their business and their issues before we even get on the phone. Otherwise, mm. how do we actually earn a fraction of their attention when we're one of thousands of vendors trying to get their time? So the importance of that gets boiled down into a tactic. Oftentimes when we're talking to salespeople and, and sales development reps, it's, oh, I have to personalize because then I get a better response rate. Well, that's, that's way too in the weeds. Actually, the reason we want to personalize is because it builds credibility and trust in us and our business as a trusted partner for their business. So I think that topic is something and that... And I'm looking at Carlos. Hold on, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm looking at Carlos's face and I'm dying over here because he's got <laughs> this like grumpy professor thing going on. Are, are you disagreeing? Are you agreeing with her? What, what What's going on? Well, this is good to know that if I ever get captured by terrorists, they won't be able to get it out of me just based on my facial expressions. So thank you. Uh, I am completely agreeing with her. In fact, Lisa, I, um, you know, there's a saying that, you know, people will remember how you made them feel much longer than anything that you say. So when you think about that initial engagement with someone, if you can talk about things that they care about, that they can relate to, where it's not about us and our products, I think you're right on the money. So sorry, this is this is not happy face day. Tomorrow, tomorrow's podcast will have happy face day. <laughs> <laughs> and when, we, know, I, when we think about that credibility, Natalie, why is it so important? Why is it so important? What are we trying to overcome right out of the gate in the first, first meeting? And how long do we have to do it? Oh, you know, in terms of, I mean, not a lot of time, you know, and this is one of those interesting points, right, is that when we talk to various people about how much time do you think you have when you establish credibility, we get a wide range of responses, but really you've got less than 60 seconds to establish that credibility. And it's really important because what you're doing there is you're actually trying to earn the right for more time. You're trying to earn the right to spend more time with them, you know, you know, having conversations about what you do and how you can impact their business. So it's really critical that those you're prepared to Lisa's point, you've got to do the research ahead of time. You've got to be prepared to have those conversations to establish that credibility in 60 seconds or less. 
And when, when we think about doing it well, and we all know, I mean, we've all worked with so many companies. We know that not many people excel at this, to put it nicely. <laughs> what, what, kind of, what goes into it? I'm just going to throw it out to the group. What goes into it to make it successful? I mean, we all know we have to overcome the stereotypes of being in sales. And it's even more critical today because of the virtual and, and all the mental health impacts that COVID has had pushing everybody virtual. So how do you, how do, you do it well? What makes, a, what makes for a good credibility introduction and the ability to get it right and connect uh, right out of the gate? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in for a second here because <laughs> I often work uh, closely with, with sales development teams, so SDRs, BDRs, and they feel that <laughs> I hear so often, and you know who you are, um, <laughs> that they don't actually want their teams spending time doing research because it affects the quantity or the, yeah, the quantity of, of calls and emails that are going out. So they're so concerned about not being able to hit that 100 calls a day number that they don't want the team doing research. Well, okay. If that's the case, then your enablement team better step up and actually provide like persona based messaging. And at the very mm -hmm. least, industry-based messaging that makes it more available and, and keep it updated. Don't do it once. The industries and persona like concerns change on such a regular basis. We talk about it all the time, how 2020, everyone's business issues and focus changed during the pandemic and in the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. So guess what? You can't just build or like build a, a, a grid of this once and think, okay, I can use this research from 10 years ago and give my teams this and enable them with this. No, it has to be updated. It has to be regular. And if you want to personalize at scale, you should at the very least be providing persona-based messaging that touches on those points of like what that role really gives a crap about. Mm. And it's a really good point, right? We have leadership that thinks activity over quality is going to be more effective. And we don't want people spending reach or the SDRs themselves or even AEs that are, which you all should be prospecting as well. Let's just be really freaking blunt. Uh, you're not, <laughs> but you should be. So the companies want, you know, want the activity, but don't necessarily understand the connection with the prep or the practice. And so mm. as a result of that, it has some serious negative impacts, not only on the individual, but on the brand. And we've all seen this. So I'm curious from your perspective with the clients that, that you've worked with. And just for the audience, we're talking about global here. Natalie's in Jamaica. Lisa's in Canada. Carlos is outside of the U.S. and Georgia. Uh, and I'm in Colorado. So <laughs> when we talk about this, we're talking about a global impact, a global perspective. Why is it that leadership, what is it that's driving leadership to not allow or empower or enable their individuals to do the job the right way? All right, so, so Chad, I might disagree with you just a tinge because, you know, I okay. just love to do that. I don't think that they <laughs> don't want you to spend the time and energy. I think leadership gets lost a little bit in the weeds, like Lisa said, in the way. They'll say, hey, you know, we need to really connect with folks. However, as soon as a rep pushes back, he says, whoa, 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 whoa. If I ask more questions about them and their business, if, if I spend time preparing this, I'm going to have less time to really work the deal. And that is the big false. The reality is you got to slow down to speed up. Absolutely. People miss these incredible important steps. I know this is all about credibility. This is what this podcast was about. And we're trying to establish some so that we can get them to open up to kind of share with us about them, their companies, what's working, what's not, so we can find 
Do we have a match here? Can we work together? But let me fast forward to the end of the quarter. If we don't spend the time researching them a little bit, at least the segment, you know, trying to understand them a little bit better, right? Making an effort to not make it about us. This is what happens at the end of the quarter when it's time to, you know, to get this thing forecast. Hey, yeah, yeah, they love us. They think we're great. I don't know who really signs. Oh, they're on vacation. Yeah, it's still a dog fight. Mm. They would really buy us if we just weren't so expensive. I mean, the list of malarkey excuses is a mile long. So folks, if you're seeing any of that late cycle, think early cycle. We didn't put in the effort. That's the word, the effort to really try to connect with someone early on in the sales cycle. And it all starts with this credibility introduction. Call it a value-based story. Call it a credibility intro. Hey, can we share something with them in our early conversation and I'm talking about seconds, not minutes, mm. that gets them to go, hey, you know what? This is kind of interesting. I'm willing to spend a little bit more time with you. Uh, we were, you know, we've all heard this before. People like people that are most like themselves. So you got to be talking about the challenges, the problems, the situations that these people are facing, which folks is not about our product or services and how great it is. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, I've kind of gone full circle, but hey, putting in the effort early on pays huge dividends later on. It could be the reason why they don't include another vendor in the competition. Mm. It could be the reason why they sponsor you to meet with ultimate power because they have confidence in you. Those little things make a huge difference at the end of the day. Well, all right. So leadership plays a role in this. And we say, you know, I say they don't give the room for it. And I, I agree with you. They probably want you to do it. They just don't think about the ramifications of it. What about the individual? I mean, at the end of the day, we're all responsible for what we're bringing to the table, the things that we're doing. Leadership be damned. I mean, we have to be good corporate citizens and we have to be part of the team. But what is it that's keeping, what, you know, what do you think from your perspective or what you've seen, Natalie, what keeps people from doing this basic step of just putting some thought into it? So they can, in 60 seconds, capture the attention and captivate somebody, connect with them in a way that will actually establish credibility. What keeps the individual from doing it? You know, I think it's, it, it ties back to Kyle's point, right? It's time that I don't think I have to spend because I don't connect the dots to see how impactful it can be. But the flip side of that is, can you afford not to do it? So if you go back and, you know, we analyze those successful leads and those six-figure deals, right? A lot of that has to be doing with, you did something right up front to establish yourself or your organization as a credible and a differentiated player in the market, right? And it's so important that we connect to them. And they're just, I think a lot of folks are just not seeing that connection between spending the time and the end result, as, as Carlos mentioned earlier. And, you know, if I think about it, if we even flip it, why do we buy? You know, as individuals, as basic individuals, who do you give your time to, right, as an individual? And I think that's the connection we need to make at the end of the day. We're engaging with people right? Why would you give someone your time? Why would you spend that much more with someone? You know, what is it that they said? How did you establish? How did you actually understand that this is the person I wanted to spend more time with? And a lot of that has to be doing with a good intro, whether it be on the phone, whether it be email, but having really someone differentiating themselves up front. So the need to answer your question, Chad, as to why they don't do it, I think they do need to see the correlation between doing it and the results at the end of the day. 
So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one step further and say I think there's also generational challenges, right? Mm. I think I think you get into baby boomers. This is not gonna. It, no baby boomers gonna be surprised by this. They all understand they have to capture credibility, and I'm not. I'm not generational bashing or whatever the non-PC term is. But if you think about even Gen Xers, we started to grow up. I'm Gen X. We started to grow up with screens in front of our face. Millennials were the first generation to grow up completely with screens in their face. Gen Z's gone even <laughs> further with that. And their ability to connect, to be human, to be authentic, can boil down sometimes to a text that says, sup. So how do you help somebody with that maybe has never been taught about how to condense your words and deliver it clearly, concisely, passionately, in a poignant way. How, how, how are leadership supposed to work with those types of generational differences to help these team members see the importance of it? Are there things that they could be doing, that approaches they could be taking? Anybody have ideas on that? So I think you touched on it almost on the head when you said authenticity. And genuine curiosity has been a a line item on my checklist for hiring my entire career. Understanding a business should be a genuine curiosity of yours. And if it's not, you're in the wrong business because if you don't actually care or aren't actually interested in how businesses work and the problems they face day to day and how do they think about their performance and growth then you're just going to get stuck in this like line item of research. Oh yeah. Checkbox, whatever research done. And you're going to burn out ultimately because <laughs> every day that you spend doing research, you're going to resent because you don't actually connect to it. You don't actually mm -hmm. find it interesting. Yeah. And that comes across. I think we can all agree that it very much comes across in the way that you sell. If you don't, A, if you don't actually care about the research and B, if you don't actually care about what you're selling, People pick up on that so quickly. And so authenticity and genuine curiosity are two of the biggest things that are hard to train. But I think connecting like the importance of it to being a master of your craft. You know, I think that's another thing that we just don't translate across enough in sales is like, yes, there's still this stigma against us. There's still this stigma that we're the snake oil salesman or whatever. But <laughs> if you're a master of your craft and you actually give a shit and you are genuinely curious about those people and you're authentic about what you sell and you're enthusiastic about what you sell because you believe in that too, I don't think you can lose at the end of the day. Carlos and I just turned that into a drinking game. Anytime anybody <laughs> swears, we drink. Oh, and we good. did it. We did it without I, I think I was the first one to swear, wasn't I? <laughs> you are. You're the, you're the first one to drop it. But that's okay. Yes. We gave the warning at the beginning. This is not safe for work. This is real. This is perspective. This, you either find it educational and insightful. I don't trust or people that don't humorous. swear. <laughs> I am 100% on that bus. 100%. All right. So we've got, so we've got generational differences. I'm curious, from your perspective, what do you think the role fear plays for the different generations and the level of experience that these individuals have in terms of their ability to say they crafted a beautiful credibility intro. They, they worked it out. They practiced in the mirror. And then all of a sudden they're on the phone with a C-level executive and there's this, the imposter syndrome kicks in, right? There's this fear in the back of their head. Now mm -hmm. the three of us, well, I'll speak for Carlos and I are jaded and thick skin for multiple divorces we're not going to be affected by that as much. I won't speak for the other other members of the team. But when you think about that, what, what role do you think fear plays in this? So, Chad, 
on one hand, I'm appreciative that you think I'm thick-skinned because I have been divorced <laughs> twice. On the other hand, uh, and maybe since you know you made me drink coffee during the session, um, <laughs> I don't think most people realize I was terrified of talking to people. Mm. You know, my little voice in my head was, "You're not good enough. You're not at their same level." I had a million fears. This is not supposed to be a, I don't want to have to pay you people for psychotherapy, but um, <laughs> I would just say that, look, for the people that are listening to this podcast and have that little voice in the back of their head that even now, first off, you, you, Chad, you said something important. You wrote it out, you thought it through and you practiced what you were going to say. Okay, let's say you got that far because some people don't do that and then they wing it and then it doesn't go so well and then they go, man, yeah, that, that's that sucked. That didn't work. <laughs> well, you know, it's like you, you didn't know how to ride a bike, but you jumped on one and yeah, that first ride really sucked as you ran into the tree. Okay, you, you're going to have to put a little practice in. But assuming you get past that, if you're like me, I still had that fear factor. You know, you got to find your way over it. Because if you really want this career, the reality is you're going to be talking to people at all levels. And even as my career blossomed up, hey, you're talking to people that are always senior to you, wealthier than you, smarter than you. You're also talking to people in generations that are younger than you, you know, have not seen the same stuff as you. And that also becomes a fear, right? How am I going to connect with this person? My way of overcoming it, and it's funny, you know, is I always thought of it as, hey, I'm going to act like the best sales rep or best manager or best worldwide VP that I could be in those moments of stress. And you could call it, I'm going to fake it till I make it. And it worked for me. It got me over my fear. Now, again, we still got to practice our skill set, but Honestly, it was a big challenge for me. And I still have that little voice that pops up in my head. And I still go back to, you know what? I'm going to act like the best value selling professional that I could be. I'm going to act like the great entrepreneur that I, I know I am and I know I could be. And I am going to, you know, just try to engage with someone at their level and uh, to get over the fear of making a connection. We all have it. And that's something that I think none of us. Absolutely usually talk about you know Carlos and, and it's that's such a great point that you raised right I mean a lot of times people look in and, and they see successful folks and they think oh my gosh they were always that way I was that person in grad up to grad school I was that person when anyone asked a question in a classroom immediately my pen would fall to the floor I was petrified that someone would actually you know say hey what do you think just because I just didn't want to speak in front of people. And what broke it for me, in addition to preparing Carlos, which is such a great point, is, is developing that confidence that came from sharing my style with someone else and getting feedback. So in addition to doing the prep work, is you know, playing it out with a buddy, playing it out with someone, um, you know, a mentor, someone who can give you good feedback and help you build that confidence. And I think, you know, even as, as, as reps, we need to understand that, that, you know, it's great to get that feedback because that's part of the confidence building process as well that helps you to overcome that fear out of picking up the phone and having those conversations or walking up to the C-suite and having that conversation. 
So I got my yep. as as like the young person in the group, I guess. Um, whoa, I got my, whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah. What are you talking about? What happened there? <laughs> Did we just get called old? Shots fired! Right Shots fired! I paint this gray daily. <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> but uh, I actually got my start trial by fire working for Enterprise Rent a Car right out of college with people screaming in my face that they weren't happy with their car rentals or they weren't happy with the way that I try to sell them insurance that they don't need or whatever. And so getting on the phone was nothing for me after that. And I know, I know a lot of the people that I've hired over the years uh, as parts of my career came out of call centers with the same experience, insurance and, and banking, they mm-hmm. they talk to people on their worst possible days. And so you're dealing with people when it's not to do with you. It is nothing personal. It is what's going on in their life in that moment. And so when I talk to yeah. people about getting on the phone and cold calling, you need to understand that this is not about you. If you get somebody on the phone who decides to curse you out, I honestly believe that whatever went on in their day that day affected that much more than your cold call did. And I think it's a shift in mindset. Like oftentimes Mm. people are thinking like, I've got to get on this call and close the deal, or I've got to get on this call and book the meeting or whatever. The call is only to establish more information. And if you go in with that mindset of like, I'm gathering more information on this call and not, and take the pressure off yourself of booking the next meeting or closing the deal, it completely changes your confidence, your mindset, you're just talking to people. And I, I also also say to people all the time, what if you sat down back in the day when we used to sit down on a plane or a train next to a stranger for the next six hours, how do you just talk to them? How do you talk to them about their life, what they do? How do you ask questions? That's all you're doing on this phone call is being a personable person sitting at a bar next to a stranger, striking up a conversation. And of course, I'm not discounting, yeah, being human and not discounting that we, of course, in sales, we want to do the research in advance. And if you're sitting down next to a stranger, you obviously didn't do any research. But, you know, the idea that, (laughs) that the comfort level of the conversation should be, we're all human. And if nothing else, this pandemic leveled us all to the same level globally. We all had the same struggle. And in sales, we started this, the conversations every day with the same question, how are you doing? And we connected it to that. It made people human, mm-hmm. for sure. And we injected that empathy and humanity back into sales, which is why robots didn't take all of our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's wrap it up here. I'm going to give each of you 30 seconds to give me that one takeaway. You want the people that are listening to remember when it comes to building credibility, getting over the fear, embracing the mindset, whatever it is, I'll give you 30 seconds. And I'm going to go to Carlos first. Man, I was hoping you'd pick me last. Um, all right. Here's my one takeaway off the top of my head. Hey, make it about them. So when you're there be truly curious about them and their lives. And that means if you're trying to create that credibility, think about the title, the industry, the business that you're talking to. I like listening to a lot of business news because I can't stand the other news. And it allows me to hear about different businesses and what's going on in them. So I use that a lot of times as a way to try to engage with someone. That's my, my two cents. I love it. All right, Natalie, your turn. 30 seconds. You know, make it relevant. Um, you know, do the prep. 
make sure you understand who you're going to talk to. Yes, I know we've had the conversations about do we spend the time on the prep? The prep is worth it because that's how you really are going to make it relevant to who you're speaking to. And that increases the odds that you're going to make that connection. So I think more than anything else, do the prep, make it relevant. All right, perfect. And Lisa, it's your topic, so bring us back to the mountain. You Be 30 curious, seconds. not judgmental. <laughs> I don't know if you can see my background, Um, but yeah, so uh, (laughs) honestly, (laughs) so one of my favorite quotes, uh, and if anybody hasn't watched Ted Lasso yet, do it and you'll see how this connects, but yes, back to, yeah, great show back to, as Carla said, be genuinely curious, Natalie care about the care about the outcome. I'll say again, have more respect for what you do and being a master at your craft because that will elevate your mindset into a totally different level. As an individual in any sales role, you are directly impacting the bottom line of that company. Think about that. Repeat it. <laughs> you are valuable. And remember that. I love it. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this episode. This was our first experiment. So if you like <laughs> this, by all means, give us a review, send us an email. Hell, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.